What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Angler's Happy Hour podcast. In today's show, we talk about giant Texas-sized bass, bucket list fishing trips, safety on the water, and power pulling down on the juice. We had fun with this one and hope you guys enjoy. But before we go any further, I want to tell you guys that this episode of the podcast is brought to you by Hercules Tires, the official tire of the Angler's Happy Hour podcast. I've personally trusted the Hercules TerraTrack AT2 and Power ST2 to get my truck and boat trailer to every event around the country safely for the past two years. These tires are long-lasting, quiet on the road, and most importantly, incredibly reliable. If you're in the market for a new set of truck or trailer tires, head over to HerculesTires.com and see why these tires are such an incredible value. You can also find out more by following Hercules Tires on Facebook or Instagram at Hercules Tires. All right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode. Today, we've got just the three amigos here. We've got uh, a, a list full of stuff to talk about um, without a guest. So hopefully, uh, hopefully we have a fun time, have a good show. As always, let's go around the table and see what's going on. Nick, we'll get into our fishing trip shortly, but what else is going on in your life, man? Oh, yeah, it's been a great week. And I think the exclamation point on the end of a good week is making it inside your circle of three amigos. What a compliment, man. I'm not not worthy of that distinction. And then I also like the word choice. I think, you know, is that meaning that you're ready for me to book you a bus ticket and uh, make you the proper amigo? What's hilarious is on our fishing trip, I think Nick has, uh, I had this, I told Nick about this dream I had basically a nightmare about fishing in Mexico. And it came after, of course it came after his, you know, awesome story. Um, but I think that dream did it for me, man. I was already like 99% sure I wasn't going to go. And then after that dream, I think I'm, I'm pretty sure now, but he turned his attention to Ryan and, uh, Rob, you would have laughed, dude. He kept, uh, working Ryan, working Ryan, working Ryan about going down there. He's, you know, he's looking for, for someone to go down there with. And, uh, you know, Ryan's in the same boat, man. He's got three little kids and a wife and a lot of people that depend on him. Uh, and he's, you know, he's an adventurous, a very adventurous dude, but I don't know, dude. Do you think he's going to pull the trigger on going down there with you? We already set the dates, bro. March 27th through the 29th. Ryan's riding first class because he's fancy, but I'll be back in the uh, chickens and the puking class because that's how I roll. But no, I, I hope he does, dude. It's He'd do great down there. That's all I can say. I just love that uh, that that you were trying to trying to push the issue a little bit. Pretty hilarious, man. Um, how about you, Rob? What's up? Uh, we didn't even ask what's going on in your world, Nick. What are you doing, dude? Uh, well, um, as as we were talking about right before we came on the air, actually got some really good news yesterday about my young son. He had a little accident with some hot water and uh, had some tense moments a week ago with uh, what that was going to look like. So everything. Uh, fishing with you is the highlight for sure. And then getting the news that uh, his recovery is going to be much better than it could have been was uh, definitely icing on the cake, but that's great. Yeah. yeah thanks man. Otherwise just a, uh, just a pretty chill week. Uh, um, I don't have any car drama to talk about this week either. So amazingly in 52 weeks in a year, every now and then one or two of those weeks doesn't involve dead batteries and flat tires and road raging as I puke coolant on somebody's. How about Tesla. the cigarette smoke smell dude? Yeah, well, not really it, drama, but and it uh, was a little disappointing. But who knows, man? It, it, I can just rob a new pathetic vehicle entered the fleet 
And this one's actually kind of nice. It's, it's nice. It's very nice. But uh, it's so much a grandpa truck that I can just envision some like cantankerous old grandpa smoking like, I don't know, like backwood cigars or something in this thing. Dude, it had like a plastic. The best thing ever is like those big giant plastic bug deflectors that you put across the hood oh, yeah. and the fender. You know, and then it had like, I learned, has those little black plastic strips that you put over the tops of the windows i just think like oh that's cool now i realized what he would do is it came from wisconsin so he would like crack the windows and that way he could exhale all the backwoods cigar smoke out of the truck while he was driving through a blizzard it all makes sense now what is it what year is it uh it's an 11 so it's like the nicest thing i own by dodge cummins it is hey bro i'd rather be coming than stroking you know i'm saying it's all about that cummins life but uh it's a it's a nice (laughs) truck man it's a um 140,000 miles on it. And it, I think it came with three roaches of old cigars in the uh, glove box for me too. So I'm excited what a, about that. So, so it just reeks of smoke. Oh, dude, the dealership, I, I bought it sight unseen because I'm so brilliant. How do you do that? Care easily. You just give them a credit card and then they send it to you. It's it, the mechanics of it are very easy. If that's what you meant by that. Did they, as they're sending it on a, on a truck, did they have the windows rolled down? Did it show up with the windows rolled down? <laughs> Dude, I left them, you know, if you want to get anyone's attention this day and age, leave them a really honest and it wasn't really a mean negative review, but it wasn't like, Oh my gosh, this is what did you say experience. in the review? I said, these no good sons. Of- no, no I just, what did you say? Ah, I just, you know, explained that it was disappointing and it was my mistake for, um, you know, I tried to be real thorough. I, dude, I'm going to book a ticket and fly out to Wisconsin to look at that thing. Like, of course, if I'm that interested in it, it's coming home. I got it at a good enough price that it was like, it was worth taking the chance on. So my review just said that, you know, it's like, it was my mistake for buying it sight unseen. I did some really in-depth FaceTiming and like, you know, listening to it run and stuff. So I was confident. But the best was, yeah, I was like, well, it didn't smell like smoke when it left. And in my mind, I was like, I thought I was like, I highly doubt that the truck driver like sat in my truck and clam baked it with like cheap, right. dirty cigars from the gas station. So like, well, we'll pay for a detailing on it. And sadly, those things, you don't just like detail out 10 years of hard cigar smoking. So at least know. you have a, a, a big, heavy, reliable ashtray. That's good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That no one, that no one but me can back my boat down in. Cause I have no friends that can drive sticks. So I'll be doing the truck and everyone else will be doing the boat, but that's the nice. kicker, man. What a, that's, that's why you had to go to Wisconsin to find that thing. That's, that's not untrue. <laughs> Interesting. Right on. Well, it, it is a nice truck, man. So I'm glad you've got it. A, a, actually a, a good, reliable truck to be uh, driving to the lake, man. Um, Rob, what's the up windows are down. Yeah, no uh, doubt. Uh, same, same here. It's, um, this week the kitchen's coming out, so it's going to be pretty miserable for the next month or so as we uh, live without. Well, we'll have a refrigerator, a microwave, um, on a long but, extension cord into a bathroom somewhere. <laughs> yeah, basically. But like, um, I'm going to set up my camp stove out back. I've got my uh, wood pellet stove, um, and we're just going to be living like that. Thank goodness it's nice weather and we can do it. You know, this yeah, time of year. But, good timing, dude, to grill. But it's going to be. It's going to be miserable, and I, I realize that. And the way construction is here, with the way f- the Phoenix area is growing, I mean, we could have delays that you know are unforeseen at this point. But um, I do know, like 
I talked to my appliance guy. We ordered appliances months ago and he's like, eh, you might have a dishwasher and a microwave, but everything else is pretty much, uh, 12 delayed. <laughs> That's so, crazy, man. Yeah, Unbelievable. There's stupid. nothing that you can get on time right now. Wow. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. So it just, I mean, it is what it is and we'll get through it. Thank goodness. It's just my wife and I, um, my son just had last Tuesday had Tommy John surgery on his elbow. Um, so hope, hopefully he comes back uh, better than ever in 12 months from now. Uh, it's going to be a long road, but he, uh, his, one of his concerns were if he was going to be able to fish this spring with one arm. So um, I'm sure we'll get him out and try that at some point when he's feeling a little bit better, but it's uh, he hasn't taken any of the painkillers. So he's, it's pretty rough, dude. It's he's been like, going what, 10, 11 days and he hasn't taken a painkiller. Well, ibuprofen and Tylenol just taken. Yeah. He's not yeah. taking the narcotic that they give him. So, Good for him. Yeah. So he took one, one night and said it just completely messed with him, which is, uh, just like his dad. I don't deal well with that stuff either. So Good, man. Right on. Well, he's, he's a tough dude, man. Yeah. But we have to hear how much it hurts all the time. So <laughs> Yeah, well, you're a very sympathetic listener. I, I know that firsthand, so I'm sure. So he just... does he does a post on his Instagram. It was hilarious. Um, it's a photo of him in his in his sling and his arm just done, and um, his girlfriend puts on there hashtag arm hurt. My arm hurts because <laughs> that's all, that's oh, all dude, she's that's heard great. forever. It's so funny, dude. Like, hilarious. People that know him just died laughing when we saw that. So and his his teammates hey man, laughing, he's got a so. head of glorious hair, so he's allowed to complain about anything with those long flowing locks of his. He's you know it's funny about that too. There's there's a little message board for uh, ASU sports and um. When the word came at, that he was injured, uh, one of the fans said, oh, definitely split ends. <laughs> there ain't no split ends on that beautiful head of hair. That but, looks very well maintained. Classic, Anthony Kiedis huh? from the Chili Peppers ain't got nothing on that beautiful hair. So Hilarious. Funny. Dude, he should, uh, if he wants some sympathy, he should call Les up. I think Les sounds like the type of guy to really give him some good sympathy too, man. Les will give him nothing, dude. I know. I know. <laughs> He's about as sympathetic as a cactus. <laughs> Oh, dude, dude. I, we're all uh we're yeah we're all uh rooting for him and uh, i'm stoked to see uh he's gonna have yeah. a lot in the tank dude when he heals back up and he's ready yeah. to go man i can't wait to see him pitch next year so it's uh, funny a lot of the a cool. lot of the reactions from you know teammates parents and just friends of ours were like doom and gloom like oh my goodness i can't believe he's having this but the reality of it is, is it's uh, it's probably been a long time coming, and it's uh, going to hopefully give him an opportunity to play beyond. Um, he's played with a lot of pain over the last three years, so it's it's um, kind of cool. There's um, an old fishing buddy of mine. Um, I've never fished with him, but fished against him for years. His name's Dave Gerlock. I don't know if you know Dave. Um, he's the he's the yardage. What do you what do you call the um, on the football field where they, the chain guy. Uh -huh. Chain gain. Yeah. So anyhow, he, he does that for the Cardinals and for ASU. Huh. How about that, um, dude? And he pitched at ASU in the seventies, but I know him from tournament fishing back in the day. And then now every Thursday, him and his buddy, Dan go fishing out at Saguaro. So I see him quite often. Huh. Um, but he called me and he's just like, Oh man, this is the best thing I ever heard. I, it's so good that he's going to get healthy, good, right get, on. get on the right track. So kind of cool to see that positivity from, an old pitcher back in the day. So but. yeah, that's a good perspective. Yep. For sure. So, 
enough of that. Um, so Josh, take us home. What are you up to yeah, this week, man? Yeah, so oh, we got a list of stuff to talk about, but uh, you know, really for me, I'm just packing. I'm, I'm packing right now for six months worth of travel. I'm going to be Dude. back and forth, home oh and my gone. God. But uh, I've literally am packing over the last week. I've been packing tackle and gear and equipment for six months. Um, <laughs> every tournament, you know, I just don't know if I'm going to be able to get my truck and boat back home over the course of the season. Just the way everything's kind of spread out when we do have breaks, my rig is going to be in New York or Florida or something like that, you know. So when we come to Texas, come back to towards Texas, we only have what, maybe a one-week break, stuff like that. So anyways, I'm just kind of – I've got f- stuff for Florida and New York like buried deep into the depths of the truck. <laughs> and I've got stuff for like Texas and North Carolina, the upcoming tournaments closer to the edge and – I'm just kind of going through that, just trying to make sure that, hey, if I, you know, if I have an issue with a, uh, with, with two seven foot medium heavy rods, if I step on them or they go flying in the lake, I got another one available and I can always get gear on the road. But I mean, you were just talking about it, Rob. It's hard to get gear sometimes, like it, just yep. because everything's sold out and a lot of stuff is not available. So, I'm just trying to make sure I'm as self-sufficient as possible for every tournament. And um, that's kind of been the whole thing, man. I took a nice break the other day to fish and film with uh, Nick and Ryan for the English Happy Hour YouTube channel. And uh, we we went to uh, one of the local lakes, Saguaro, which we talk about all the time. And uh, we had a great day of fishing, man. I think it'll be, I think it'll turn out to be a pretty good video without spoiling everything in the video. We, we talked a lot about, locating uh, pre-spawn bass. That was kind of the goal. We knew it was going to be, that, that lake's been a challenge to get numbers, you know, for the past six months. So we knew we weren't going to be able to go out there and catch 50 fish and do like a head-to-head challenge with different baits and stuff like that. So so we geared it towards like every fish we catch, we're going to break down. Why was it there? You know, was it staging in a pre-spawn area? And what was that pre-spawn? Like, what was it sitting on? Why was it, why was it, where it was and um i feel like almost every fish we caught it was interesting because we caught them on a lot of different baits and we caught them out at a lot of different areas but almost every one of them you could pinpoint okay there's the there's the area it's likely going to spawn and here's why it was sitting here so um hopefully it'll be interesting to watch it should be up within a week or two and um we also want to mention you know if, if to first off to check out the channel if you haven't yet but um if you've got ideas, you know, on videos that you want to see us do, please add them in the comments, either on the YouTube. I mean, that'd be ideal. Just drop it in the YouTube comments, but you could email us, send us a message on Instagram or Facebook, but we're always looking for ideas. And uh, the highlight of the, uh, of the day, Nick might've caught a giant largemouth, blah, uh, blah, blah, blah. But the real highlight was the yellow bass I caught. It was uh, <laughs> an absolute tank of a yellow bass. It was a, uh, it was all it was like a, i think we waited it was like a one six and its mouth was like the size of a of a nickel it was such yeah. an overgrown bloated fish i posted it just <clears throat> in my instagram story but what a what a fish man we caught we caught some really nice largemouth though several really solid fat pre-spawn fish and then nick caught an absolute toad hey it's always good better to be lucky than good and uh your yellow I, I, I'll give you second or maybe third honorable mention on highlight of the day. It was a highlight, no doubt. Um, 
I would say, Rob, I don't know if you saw this picture. I posted it, but uh, I managed to impart probably the largest backlash into one of my reels I've ever seen. I mean, it's so good. I haven't even started on it. I'm looking at it right now and it's, it's next level. Matter of fact, Rob, here you go. Take a little Do you look start there. with a scissors? I think oh, I'm going to start with a blowtorch. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> look at that. For the, yeah, that's pretty the good. line, the line is like three inches out outside the spool. It's <laughs> yeah. three inches outside the reel. It's a, it's one of those backlashes that, Basically, he, Nick and Ryan had a sword fight is what happened. <laughs> yes, and uh, it, I think he fared pretty good. I didn't see anything, you know, line-related, but he's actually a gentleman of a fisherman. I'm sure he, you know, thumbed the spool quickly and stopped it. I, on the other hand, the, and the best part is, is all of that 10-pound fluorocarbon is like seven casts old. So I'm glad yeah. that uh, I'll be filling the landfill full of, you know, brand-new fluorocarbon. So $20. $20 spool of line gone. So I think that's probably my favorite highlight. And then the second one was, is that I had a really nice soundtrack as I was doing battle against that Leviathan. Dude, hey, don't, and don't say it on here. Cause I don't want to uh, have to edit it out here. I got a busy day. So the but... way it goes, Rob is no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we were listening to some uh, Cardi B all day long. Thanks to uh, some wakeboard boats out there. Nice. It was, it was nice. pretty peaceful between like the nine foot rollers and the vulgar music, I was, I just, I fell alive. You know, I just, I could feel it tingling in all my senses. Dude, they're year round now, aren't they? <clears throat> that dude wasn't yeah, even tough. in a uh, wetsuit, man. The water wasn't wow. even 60. Wow. Yeah, that's chilly. That's Holy bro cow. life though, man. When you, when you got the bro thing going on. you Your shorts better stay on. That'd be embarrassing <laughs> if they came off. <laughs> that's wow. hilarious. Very oh, good yeah. point on that one. Josh, I wanted to let you know, man, as you talk about your preparation and your concern for, you know, stepping on a rod or having any sort of issues whatsoever, um, I'd be happy to loan you my rod case or build you one. If you would like me to go to Home Depot later today, I could, you know, and I, I'm happy to add or, you know, withdraw <laughs> illegal paraphernalia from inside. You just let me know, man. I got you. Right on. Yeah, that's cool. You'll never look at that rod case the same or any rod case the same after that bus trip. That's for sure, man. I'm hoping I can just get a job in the industry designing rod cases. You know, I yeah. feel like I have so much practical hands-on experience that I can, I can crush it. That's a good call. That's a good call. We need a little bit more uh, of a design on the outside though. I want to see your artistic side come out. Flames. Next time. Yeah. Um, white with like blue flames. I'm thinking it'd be tight. Yeah, exactly. Man. Did you sense my uh, jealousy, Nick, when you sent the photo of the fish? You know, I just felt love. Yeah. and support from you knowing that i elicited that type of a response <laughs> was like god rob's there for me and i just I so good you know i just feel so good between rob's my response yeah as he was <laughs> ripping cabinets out of his kitchen you know we send in this photo of nick and his big fish and rob just says about time <laughs> <laughs> and then i quickly sent him a picture of a sweet white f-150 in the parking lot that looked exactly like his truck. so funny so, dude. yeah better Hilarious. than rob's truck actually. much better yeah. <laughs> much, much better, better yeah <laughs> um all right so uh what so we had a, a pretty good amount of feedback over the last couple of weeks we haven't hit any q a and we appreciate all this stuff um we got a few from our buddy steven and one of them he asked um what are our thoughts on on like what that giant cold front did to the Texas fish, you know, over the last month or so? We talked a lot about that cold front. 
as I was getting to drive, getting ready to drive into it, but we didn't talk a lot about like what it would do to the actual fishing. And dude, it was such a rare, epic level of a cold front that I honestly wasn't sure what was going to happen. And I actually had the kind of the doom and gloom state, uh, like a type outlook at it, you know, especially looking at some of the places where it got really cold. Like I know in my experience fishing, and, and having some friends like in the in in Oklahoma and certain parts of certain lakes in Texas, like when you get crazy crazy cold weather like that and it kills a lot of shad, it makes the fishing absolutely terrible. When you get a, a bad shad kill, that's not a good thing, typically for the fishing. And I kind of thought, man, these all these Texas lakes are going to get a big shad kill, and fishing is going to suck for the until the fish get up on bed. And um, just looking through a lens from the outside, it's almost been the opposite, dude. I don't know if I've ever seen so many 13 plus pound fish caught in a month in public lakes around the country. Does this blow you guys away? Just the amount sure. of giant fish? Yeah, it's incredible. I was, I mean, as you're talking about that, I, I was just thinking that the effect on the bait fish is probably what triggered it, but you're saying the the opposite of that, huh? Well, I, dude, just in, in places like, like Northeast Oklahoma, where you have like Grand Lake's a big time example. And I'm always talking about it with Elam. Like when they get a shad kill, dude, the, it's brutal because the fish just, they swim around fat and happy eating shad that are fluttering down to their death. And, yep. and how the heck are they going to eat your bait, dude, when they are stuffed? The water temp is still freezing cold. So they've got a low metabolism. And uh, they've just gotten a buffet line of, of food. Do you think that was prior to the live scope though? Now all of a sudden you're, <laughs> that's, I mean, and that could be a huge factor. That could be a huge factor because that's how a lot of these fish are being caught. Isn't it dude? Yeah. It's amazing how like, like the live scope and the jerk bait, the jerk bait's like getting a new life. It's the due, year of the jerk bait, isn't it? Due to the live scope and what guys are seeing and how they're, able to basically sight fish them it's a great point man that's it, it that could be uh a huge 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 difference that's definitely what we're seeing a lot of these and, and these fish are so big too because they're so fat and they're pre-spawn and and now they're they're gorging on dying shad and they're suspended you can catch them this way it, a, a lot of these fish aren't coming right off the bank a lot of, a lot of right. these big giant even down at Rayburn, which is where I'm headed, like, you know, some of the, there's been a few 13s caught there as well. And just from what I've read on the internet, like they're coming offshore. I mean, these fish are, they're, they're not on the bank biting a spinnerbait. That's for sure, man. Mm -hmm. are the real those, hot ones, oh, go ahead. And, and no, I didn't mean to cut you off. I, on those crazy pictures, are they talking about what they've caught them on? Are they actually catching them on jerk baits? Lots of A-rigs, some jerk baits for sure. Uh, some cranking, but all shad stuff, right, Rob? Yeah, all shad related for sure. And but. so you could still, I mean, obviously <clears throat> the jerk bait with the live scope is extra special because you can like slowly entice a strike when you know the fish is there. But I would imagine you True. could still have pretty damn good excess just flinging something that's moving reaction, you know, a faster moving reaction at a target like that on live scope and good things are probably likely to happen too. Yeah. yeah, some of those guys are throwing like double A rigs. Can you imagine? <laughs> yeah, using like a tuna rod. <laughs> yeah, like 24 <laughs> blades and however, <laughs> like really? 
That's like that the, almost. I mean, that doesn't sound. I mean, it sounds fun catching a thirteen pounder, dude. But yeah. I hate rigging up an A rig. And Seven I hate into the day. Keeping it like, under. Oh, yeah. Just it's just once. That's one step above a dry fly on a stream, right? Yeah. Well, it's right in there, man. <laughs> you know, the subtlety of that is. I was thinking that's like the fishing equivalent of like. I love seeing those new huge diesel dually trucks when guys put like a 10 inch lift on them. Have you seen those? And like the rear tires are in like three lanes of traffic. It's like, that's yeah. like the fishing equivalent of that. 26 inch those. rims. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Great <laughs> off-road rig. But they're great, man. The yeah. articulation on that suspension is yeah. better than a Jeep. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so to circle back to it. So that, uh, um, that is kind of a perfect storm though, Josh, like you said, if they're pre-spawn, and then they're having a Vegas all-you-can-eat buffet of, you know, two-inch thread fin shad. That's like the perfect storm. Yeah, you're, you're right. That's It's just lined up like that. And yeah. it'll be real interesting to see, I don't know, like if, if this continues as the fish start. I mean, we're knocking on the door of bed fishing um, mm-hmm. and spawning fish. So it'll be interesting to see if it continues. But I'm driving back there in a couple days to or tomorrow, literally, to, to get in the mix, man, and and – fish Rayburn and it's a little bit different approach in a tournament obviously you know I I'm not fishing for one bite so you're counting we'll, on uh, five thirteens we'll yeah yeah if oh. I can catch five or six 13 pounders I'll be all right dude <laughs> all of a sudden those fish will just go straight to the bank though it'll just be like a light switch huh yeah if they can't not, if they're they, not there's there yet, no denying but, it it's just yeah. biological man yeah mm-hmm. do you it's think exciting yeah, do you think those big fish, those thirteen pounders, spawn every year when they get that old? Do they still continue uh, to spawn every year? That's a I never really thought about that. But what do you? I think, hadn't either, bro? but I mean, I certainly would think they would try to. Yeah, just no matter what, every the year. The call every of fish. the wild, right? Yeah, they probably yeah. buy that Frank Thomas herbal supplement commercial that I see where Frank Thomas New is Gen having X, New right? Gen X, dude. That's what they have. They have Bass Gen X. And they have like a bass Frank Thomas down there who's like, I lost my game, but I might be old, but I can still do it. There's probably like a bass equivalent of that. Yeah, he's, he's in a gym and there's a bunch of female bass around him telling him how great he is. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and just like that, dude, it's back. His confidence is back. It's a magic pill. <laughs> I actually had a guide trip uh, a couple years ago and the guy's like, yeah, I know Frank Thomas really well. And I'm like, dude, that ad you got come on man and this guy actually had something to do with that i felt no kidding oh yeah and i was like bagging on it i'm like that that's just terrible like actually i directed and produced the ad (laughs) it was all my idea to have him have a fake press conference where the lady stands i was like big hurt after all these years how can you still squat 1400 pounds (laughs) those fish are the frank thomas though of the bass world right like just a giant huge old Giant, (laughs) (laughs) that's an early morning rant i apologize i can't dude i can't remember who it was but i remember hearing a third baseman saying like he was you know third baseman they've got they've got big balls to stand in there on third base when scared someone like that steps at the plate but they they would say no one scared me but when frank thomas was at the plate i would stand several feet further back and freaking pray You know he's not going to run out the throw to first base anyways. You're just trying to save your your genitals and your face. Yep. (laughs) Just trying to survive, man. Uh, But, yeah, it's been pretty wild to see, man. And it's cool. It's cool to see so many giant fish just caught. There's been a lot of excitement around the state of Texas 
on big fish this winter. So um, I don't think there's a place awesome. in the United States where a five pounder is just an average fish other than Texas. Yeah. And, and on certain lakes at certain times, but dude, Texas right, is course. such a good bass fishing state. It is. It's yep. so big. There are so many lakes and, and we're seeing it like right now, like OH Ivy, who the heck was talking about OH Ivy on a podcast three yeah. years ago, man, not right. us. I mean, right. if we had a podcast, it just these, it's such a big state that there are enough lakes to cycle up and down and there are so many hardcore fishermen out there that'll chase that man it's pretty interesting like like if you go back 12 years it was falcon and amistad Uh and then it was toledo bend and then it was rayburn and now it's oh ivy and choke canyon um so but there are enough lakes where it can kind of go back and forth and they're big bodies of water i know oh ivy is not massive massive but and Fork, I've got a buddy, Tyler Brinks, who's posted up at Fork right now. He's a writer for MLF and uh, does other freelance stuff. And he's traveling around the country right now just with his wife and kid um, for the year because he, he comes to the tournaments. But he's been going to all the best lakes. Uh, and we had a little laugh, dude. He's been to all of the prolific bass lakes in the southeast this winter so far. Okeechobee, nice. Seminole, Gunnersville. Now he's at Fork. And he's like, dude, I haven't hit any of them on the nose. Like they've all been pretty tough, actually. You know, it's uh, just it, it's all timing, right? Yep. Gotta yep. have respect for that. I could belly ache with him about that. It's funny when you get the to go to those places, and then there's always the the cold front that just blew through, and the oh man, the the lake came down a couple of feet. Or well, for every thing. for every good report, I mean, there's Seriously. thousands of dudes out there that aren't catching them. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. It's, it's just, like you said, it's got to, I don't know. I mean, it just has to line up, right? Well, yeah. And social media gets stuff out there so quick. And so everybody can see it. So if you have a hundred boats on the lake and five guys catch them, three guys post it. I mean, it looks like it's phenomenal, right? But not everyone <laughs> caught them. Yeah. So. I mean, dude, if you just took <clears throat> up your boat and drive to OHIV right now without any research, good luck. You yeah, know, like exactly. it, it's, the dudes that are catching a 13 pounder are either the luckiest people in the world or they are dialed beyond dialed. And, um, mm-hmm. it just takes time to, to get that way, man. It, it, it just, it, it's not easy to, to do that. That's for sure, man. Hashtag um, live scope. Yeah. <laughs> and this <laughs> portion of the podcast is brought to you by <laughs> Garmin. <laughs> I will tell you what I was going to uh, mention this later in the episode, but, um, and it's a garment plug, but it's, it's, so I get hit up constantly about, Hey man, I, I want to get into garment. I want to get, get a live scope unit, or I just want to get Garmin units to replace my stuff right now at the Bass Pro Shop spring classic there. They've got Garmin SV 93 units, which that's kind of the uh, gateway Garmin unit, as I would say, man. <laughs> um, if you're trying to get, hooked on Garmin units. Um, that's, that's, that's your gateway in right there because it's, <laughs> it's such a good value. It's a nine inch screen. Um, nine inch screens, man, they're, they're, you're getting up there in, in size and they're pretty, they're pretty costly across the board, but typically it's, it's already the best deal, the best price for a nine inch unit in electronics, typically like 1100 bucks. It's $500 off. So it's on sale for $600 at the Spring Classic. So now through the end of the month, and uh, I thought you had to actually go into the store, but it looks like I talked to a guy down the street, my neighbor, um, and he was telling me uh, that he got his online. So pretty cool, man. You could save. I mean, it's, you never see 
almost 50% off electronics, especially a really hot unit like that. So the light, and, and I think there's a $200 rebate on live scope. So if you're looking to do it, it's a great opportunity to save a lot of cash right now. And just other good deals too. Like it's, it's 25% a lot of others uh, off of a lot, a lot of tackle baits, rods and reels, stuff like that right now. So it's a, it's, a, it's the best sale of the year. Basically I have no excuse to be complaining about how I'm getting my ass kicked by that. If I, have a 50% off sale on the hardware is what you're getting at. Yeah. Yeah. Get, either get on the bank or get on, get down to Bass Pro Shops, man. One or the other, but I don't want to hear the complaining for sure. I'll complain to Rob. He's a much better recipient of it. <laughs> yes. He likes it. Yeah. Uh, this is a uh, kind of sad news, man. We, we wanted to bring it up, but there was an accident uh, at one of our local lakes earlier this week. A couple of bass boaters actually, got into an accident. Um, we know uh, the dudes from one of the boats and we didn't really know the other dudes in the other boat, but there was a fatality and it was, it was a really sad deal, man. But it, it was an opportunity for us to just kind of to bring it up and talk about boater safety for a second. And I know Rob is like, Rob is, I told him on the phone the other day, Nick, he's the best at wearing his life jacket all the time. Like it, every time he fires up his motor, he's wearing his life jacket. Even if he's the only dude on the lake, and he's going to putt around at 30 miles an hour all day. He's wearing his jacket. Um, but you, you absolutely have to, right, man? Yeah. I've, I mean, a couple, a couple comments on that situation. One, obviously, uh, one of the comments that the guys that survived that deal were the reason they survived was because they had their life jackets on. Um, obviously it's not going to always be that way, but, um, it's like a seatbelt in the car, man. Why don't mm. you wear your life jacket? Like, you know what I mean? We all no wear brainer. our seatbelt. Exactly. Uh, the other thing is someone told me years ago, I have no idea who told me, but um, in, a, in this situation, I have no idea if it would have worked or not. But anytime another boat gets close to you, and I mean, we live in an area with limited amount of lakes, limited amount of water, and it, it's growing. I mean, we have people, 200 people moving here a day i think it's just insane how this area is growing so our lakes are only going to get busier so um, but someone told me this little trick and anytime a boat gets close to you you're just uncomfortable with a jet ski that's close to you what just come off pad just just stop stop, stop. Dude, that's it's rather than turn just stop yes because so you dude. because you might turn the same way that guy turns and then you have this situation just so come smart. off pad okay and if you do run into them at that point, it's going to lessen the impact because you're off pad. But that's uh, a good buddy of mine. His son is 18 years old, just really got into fishing, and he bought a uh, an older tracker boat, and he's going to the lake. And And I, I said to him on the phone, I said, well, he was concerned about after this accident. He was like, oh, man, that scares the crap out of me, which it scares everybody. Everyone. But um, – I said, well, your, your son's wearing a life jacket when the motor's running. Cause it's him and like other 18 year old kids out in this boat. And he's like, no, we haven't, you know, hadn't really thought of that. I said, okay, well these two little tricks, one, you always wear your life jacket and two, anytime someone gets close to you, just come off pad. And mm -hmm. it's, it's, I think it, your chances are much greater at that. Yeah. Point, you just so. put the, you know, the, the element of risk reduces, right. It's yeah. always going to be there. Yeah. And you know, it's, uh, it's crazy how you can hop in a high powered boat of some sort, jet ski, whatever it is with limited amount of experience. And I mean, it's definitely I've seen dangerous. some crazy, we all, all have, dude, stuff. just seen some yes. absolutely bananas 
antics yeah. in boats, dude. Yeah. I mean, and, and it's, <clears throat> sometimes it's sometimes it's 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 usually from an inexperienced boater. Yeah. Sometimes it's a, a dude that's jacked up on adrenaline driving a bass boat at, at a tournament takeoff. You know, you yeah. see and that I'm, too, right? So I'm a hundred percent guilty of that in my younger years, running up the lake, and your adrenaline is pumping, and like. I always was fortunate, had really fast boats. I always had small Tritons with big motors on them and those yep. things would flat out run. And my goal was to pass as many boats as I could and sure. whatever it took to do it. And it just, it would pump you up for your tournament day, you know, especially on these big lakes like Mead and Havasu, you're running for, I mean, Mead, you run for 45 minutes to an hour. And I mean, you can knock off a lot of boats at that, you know, when you're running a couple mile, a an, hour mile an hour faster. Yeah. yeah. And it's just like, such an adrenaline rush but we also have to realize it's you know things happen quickly so yeah it's better to arrive alive right yep yeah and i'm i don't know i guess i'm just gray hair and old and that's why i'm that <laughs> that's way, how you got there though right yeah i guess well, we're not but, yeah they're very true and we're not trying to harp on it for anyone obviously you know uh we've all been guilty of, of not wearing our jackets and stuff oh, but yeah. it's just a good reminder yeah. to do it man and it definitely could like i mean hey if that's you and that happens to you and it ups your odds of surviving at 50%. That's a big deal. So, yeah, and, and, and your kill switch as well, man. Your kill switch is, yeah, kill switch really is important, time. man. We've seen yep. some uh, same thing, some crazy scenarios from dudes not wearing their kill switch. So uh, those, those are really important. And, and you're getting off pad deal. I remember being told uh, one of my first – the first time I went down to Seminole, my buddy Randy was telling me – he's uh, familiar with the lake, and he was kind of showing me how to run in the lanes, the boat lanes, because the lake is full of trees, man huge 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 trees stumps and stuff and he's like if you think if you ever get discombobulated and you are are not 100 percent positive you're right in the middle of the boat lane he's like don't try to correct yourself and stay on pad and if don't turn left if you think you need to turn left or right he's like just stop mm. get off pad and figure out where you're at because if yep. you're 10 feet out of the boat lane dude you're as you're as bad off as if as if you were a hundred feet off the boat lane but yep. uh same idea dude if you if you try to correct and maintain your speed you're just you could correct wrong or you're still you're up in the danger zone and it's no different than if you're if you're around a crazy boat or doing something crazy man just i love that tip man just stop yep. Yep. the boating equivalent of slamming on the brakes <laughs> exactly yeah um well dude. cool man to what end that with a silliness, I uh, I love the. Uh, um, you told me a story a long time ago with your dad, and you had one of those inflatable life jackets, and he didn't totally understand how they worked, and there was he like a stain on it or something, right? <laughs> he thought so he was going to do you a solid, where he was going to like lean over the side of the boat, you know, and try and clean it for Josh, and pushed it down and <laughs> inflated. <laughs> it freaked him out so bad, dude. Yeah, it, that it had to be hilarious. So oh yeah, I'll, we're, we were actually at need, and dude, all I hear is this, you know, the sound it makes when it blows up, <laughs> and he's like squirt like like freaks out dude and just squirming around on the back deck like what's going on exploding <laughs> in my hands you know <laughs> it was great it was great but uh and, and dude i don't know i'm old school i like you know i typically in the tournament i wear a, a like an old school foam whatever they call what would they call that type whatever uh life jacket but mm -hmm. you know the inflatables are way better than nothing <laughs> but the inflatables can sometimes not inflate man mm -hmm. at least make sure you still got your your you know the, the, the green in that little dial yeah and yeah. it's it's loaded properly but i don't know you just don't my take on my Go take ahead. on the vest over the inflatables too is they go on a lot quicker 
Yes. How many the times bet, have you seen people monkeying with trying to get just, their hands to the straps? Yeah, just fighting those things. And I mean, time is everything when you're fishing a tournament. So you want to just be able to slip it on and slip it off. Unless you're wearing it all day. That's the only difference, you know. Yeah, if it's a hundred degrees out, it's a little different. That can be a yep. little uncomfortable, but but unless it's super, super hot or unless you keep it on. Um, and yeah. as a as a tip to the non-boaters, because that's about the only value I can ever add technically, the nice thing about wearing the traditional style one, the non-inflatable, is that when your aggressive boater decides to go 100 miles an hour through a huge flock of coots, and invariably he's going to hit one of them, and it's not going to be him. And if it is him, he has a windshield. So when you get hit by it, you have another layer of padding to absorb the feathers, the poop, the blood, <laughs> and guts. So pro tip hey, yeah. on that wonder who you were with on that uh that outing yeah it wasn't rob so tell you that much <laughs> <laughs> i have done that though it wasn't pretty <laughs> and in our situation there were only two birds dude there were only two one <laughs> yeah, went one flew off to the right <laughs> and then one flew to the left and so we were in the clear but then the one that went left went oh i went the wrong way and he came back across and then that's that's when he hit nick i think what that's it was awesome. is he recognized he said oh that's the star co-host of that tiny podcast in Arizona that's going to launch nine years from now. I want to go meet that guy. Yeah, I'm that's sure what that's what it was. Yep. Yep. Uh, mm -hmm. Well, right on. Um, let's go. We got a couple more questions here. Okay, here's another one. Uh, Post-COVID, could you see yourselves fishing in Japan at some point? Another uh, super random but pretty interesting question. You know um, who he was asking. Rob, you take that one. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> odds are pretty slim, but. Oh, you're so boring. I do. I know John Murray used to go over there all the time. Um, back in the day, they were over there designing lures and working with lure uh -huh. companies and stuff. And um, I've always, I think it'd be cool to go because I've heard the tackle shops are just like you walk in oh, and there's yeah, just that. stuff that you've never seen before. <laughs> like the coolest stuff ever, you know, the Shimano, Japanese Shimano reels and stuff that we just don't have here. So, um, yeah, it'd be kind of cool to go over there and fish, but I think fishing is, um, we talk about fishing pressure here. I think those lakes over there are just slammed. <laughs> yeah, like, I think that the culture would be really cool to go experience, dude. But the actual sure. fishing, it's not calling my name. No, mine neither. Have know, you seen man. the boats that go over there? So there's, they'll, they'll bring our boats over there. Like used boats have a big value over yes. there. But uh -huh. the trailers are usually custom trailers and the wheels are up underneath the boat because the roads oh. are so narrow. Oh. They, can't, they can't take the full width of our boat trailers over there. Wow. So that extra like 10 inches of fender and tire uh -huh. and everything, they just, they don't got it. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty wild. Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, you know, I, I spent some time. Berkeley has got a Japanese branch right uh -huh. and uh, they've got you know dudes that are in charge of that just like they've got dudes that are in charge of uh it here in north america but um the the dude in charge was kind of telling me some interesting stuff about just you know what it takes to fish down there and like the equivalent of just just say you wanted to go fish in the lakes an hour away and you wanted to go fish for a day dude what that would cost you compared to what it cost us here is multiple like multiple 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 times higher and, and like i'm not going to throw any numbers out there but just like what it would cost you in fuel 
and uh, and and just park and like just whatever all your expenses for the day would be. It was like these guys are so hardcore, and the ones that are making it work, it's it's there's a a extreme level of uh, commitment, man. I know it's not just as easy as hopping in your truck, you know. And our gas prices are going up. I'm sure all the listeners are like, yeah, dude, you know, don't say that for long. And I I get that, but uh, still, dude, like you can't just go fishing for forty bucks. For in a day no way that's why it's impressive when you have guys over there that become famous fishermen and then they come over here and fish and just the logistics of that whole deal to be able to make it to the top is unbelievable you know yeah definitely worth two thumbs up on that yeah any anybody international like like carl jacobson is that did i say his name right yep like i listened to a podcast that he was on dude what he's went through like yeah i went to he wanted a year Oh, yeah. dude, did he want it? Yeah. And you just, you, it's very cool that he did everything the right way. You know, they make it so tough to, to come here. I see why people do it the wrong way, you know? So no kidding. Yeah. That's very cool to hear, man. I'm going to have to listen to that show. You know, it's it, incredible, dude, the huh. amount of money he spent and just the, yeah, that dude is something else. Dude, I'll tell you like Takahiro is probably mm-hmm. the most underrated Everyone knows who he is, and he's an amazing fisherman. But dude, he's just—he's quiet, right? And he just—he he, speaks—he speaks English, but he's just—he's just not on the level where he's out being boisterous and really, you uh-huh. know, like calling attention to himself. <clears throat> he is such a good fisherman, and his story is so incredible. It's—it happened, you know. He moved out here in 1990, so it's been a yeah. long time. But the dude didn't speak a word, lick of English. He. I don't think he had a ton of backing or money. You know, I, don't, I think he started with like nothing, dude. And just to show up here at that, in that time frame with no internet, like uh. at least now when you travel or go to new areas, the internet can help you, right? Yeah. Like you have technology to help you, no technology to help him. And to do what he's done is just, it's not talked about enough, dude. They need to, right. they need, I ESPN agree. needs to have a, a documentary about talking here on Maury, dude. It's totally crazy. agree. A thirty for thirty. Seriously, it it's yep. an amazing story, and uh, yeah, he's he's such a, a G, dude. It's it's crazy, but um, yeah, it, it's a cool cult, uh, fishing culture down there, and a lot of our a lot of our fishing techniques that we're using now have have stemmed from there because those fish are hard to catch, and they're so highly pressured, and those dudes are so hardcore, and it goes the other way too. Like, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of baits over there that are just that probably are unnecessary to use out here. You don't have to use some of those tactics. There's still a, a, there's definitely a difference in American bass fishing and bass fishing in Japan, but it's, it's definitely cool. And I would love to at some point uh, go check it out for sure. Yeah. I was, I was fortunate to fish. I know I've talked about it on the podcast before, but it was the Japan open at Lake Mead. Um, A ton of those guys came over here. A lot of the big names from Japan came over here and fished as non-boaters. That's cool, dude. And um, who put it on? I wish I knew. It was. It was. And I don't even know how I got into it, but it was. um, I don't know. It paid really well. It was. uh, But it was cool because obviously those guys were straight from Japan and didn't speak any english at all so but we could communicate in the boat just fishing you know i mean it's a universal language if you speak totally, that you know totally it, yeah but they would they would break out the craziest baits just stuff that <laughs> that you know even this was 20 plus years ago that we you know we're just like drooling over their tackle and their baits and it was pretty cool you know so. a few of those guys probably drew like your classic like 
salty old redneck who probably like looked back at him and was like, boy, that ain't going to catch nothing. Brady like pulls out this like ultra light crazy thing. Yeah. And then just like thumps him from behind the boat. (laughs) That's hilarious. Right on. Um, Good question. And then uh, we'll say last question uh, that we'll hit today. What is everyone's non-bass bucket list fish? Wow. We were talking about our favorite fish to catch at the lake the other day, you know, bass, bass included. Um, Gosh. And I, you would have thought, I would have thought about this before reading the question. You know, I'm the only one that's got, got an advantage here. I I can see the questions before we answer them, but uh, I don't know, man, I've done so little saltwater fishing that um, I'm sure I just don't know what's out there. You know, like it's, it would have to be something visual, like some, some type of uh, visual saltwater fishing. That, that looks amazing to me. And, and, and the fact that I've, I haven't done much of it really, uh, you know, I've got a lot of curiosity about it for sure. A bucket list fish for me, um, I've caught them before, they're brown trout, but uh, uh, I guess a bucket list trip altogether would be like the New Zealand, the giant brown trout. And that would rivers. be unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's all visual. Um, <clears throat> it's more like hunting. Cause I don't think they catch that many of them, but they're just absolute monsters when they do. So that'd be a cool trip. South America is awesome for that too, Rob, like Patagonia yeah. and Chile. And then a lot of those are sea run. So, you know, they, they're like a, a salmon where they go out and spend most of their life gorging themselves in the ocean and getting absolutely obese. And then they come back into the rivers to yeah. spawn and they don't die like certain salmon. So they're still like, big and hairy and strong and nasty those are those are sweet did i ever send you that youtube video i know it was early on when we started this there was a youtube video of those guys um in argentina and he catches a brown trout like everything from like cast to eat and then the fish jumps like a like a tarpon you know it's like a 25 pound trout and it's just an epic and it comes out of like a river that couldn't be more than you know it's less than 10 feet deep and it's yep. not wide. you know, it's small yep. water. It's not like, yeah, it's, That's that crazy. would be a sweet Can't fish. even imagine, dude. Yeah. What are those things eating? Uh, you know, when they come into the river, there's, there's plenty, you know, that's one of the reasons why South America grows them so big is that it's really fertile. And so those river systems have just like, you know, they have their version of some type of a crawfish I know. So there's a freshwater shrimp that they just get obese on. And I know that ecosystem specifically, trout were only introduced in like the early 1900s. And uh, so there's no, they were introduced, right? So that over the millennia of evolution, there was no apex predator that they became that. So nothing hunts them other than birds of prey. And I don't think that's really much of an impact on their population. So it's just like a combination of fertile you know, watersheds and no predator. That's, that's a yeah, good and thing. a brown trout. They'll eat. I mean, they're like bass, man. They're they totally like bass. Yep. Mice. Can you birds. imagine what live scope does to the brown <laughs> trout? Like in the great lakes, those guys throwing jerk baits for those things. Oh, that would that's be pretty like, cool. Yeah. I, I guarantee they're destroying them because of that. Yeah. That would be very cool. Yeah. I have a good yeah. buddy in Wyoming. Who's a, that guy that I went with and caught a, a, a good sized lake trout in that world. It was like a four pounder and a largemouth equivalent but it was amazing to me and he was telling me that the live scope is kind of cool for them but they're they're really moving all the time so you know it's hard to when you see if you saw one on that you know the odds of catching it are more difficult but the like the 
the side scan and the 360 imaging is where it's at. And he said that he's had some banner days mopping up on like 20 to 30 pound lake trout, you know, fishing Amazing. to him off the graph. That's because they're always swimming. That makes sense, man. Yeah, they're just moving. I think, I think brown trout will post up on structure some, but otherwise trout are kind of swimming around, but I don't know. That question is such a great one. I find that one kind of asking myself all the time and I have so much ADD in my life. Everyone can tell I, I don't stay on one thought very long before I 180 and go the opposite direction, but I'm really loving, loving some bass right now, man. I, I've been blessed to catch some cool stuff. And when we were on the boat talking about that, I, there's something cool about the ocean, you know, like you can, you can just have lakes are different every time you go, but the ocean is even more special in that regard that like every day is just, you just don't even know like what the, what the theater of the ocean is going to produce for you that day. So I don't know. Yeah. It's endless out there, dude. Um, but we are, as far as, as far as freshwater fishing goes, like there's nothing that even comes close to, uh, to fishing for bass to me bass anyways. Like there's just so much variety in it and it's such yep. a challenge. The uh, challenge is a lot of it. Yeah. Yeah. Just uh, no matter what, every day of fishing, every, every lake, there's a, they've got the, it's, it's, it's own unique set of challenges. And, um, and you know, it's a challenge, dude, when you get a question and there's no answer, like there's not yeah. ever one magic bullet answer. Like there's just like a million variables, dude. And like you set up your answer, like, well, you know, it just really depends. And you know, there's so <laughs> many different things that it can affect, uh, you know, why it would be this way or the other. And, you know, you got a wall of baits, dude, and every single bait's got a, a, a time and a place. And, and you can keep bass fishing as simple as you want. But uh, really, dude, like there, there's just a million variables to it. And there are in a, a lot of types of fishing. But um, yeah, and the most the most common beginner questions are what bait do you use on this lake and what pound test? And yeah. you're, like we just look at them like, oh, boy. Like, okay, so at nine thirty <laughs> on a morning in February, I would probably. <laughs> yeah, and it. But I mean, that's just because people don't realize how complex it is. It gets how, nuanced, right? Yeah, it's yeah. a, and then there's some like weird Zen like qualities to like what you just said, Josh. Or then you could keep it simple and be like, so if you're going to go to Saguaro, what you need is ten pound braid and six pound floral and, and uh, some drop shots, and you're going to catch a lot of fish. Have fun, <laughs> right? Yeah. Year round. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that dude's going to catch plenty of fish and uh, on some days outfish the dude that's, that's got everything going on. But um, you know, what's funny is back in the day, there was always that guy in, I can't even think of one off the top of my head, but I know there was guys that would just throw like topwater plugs. Like that's all he would ever throw. <laughs> Actually, I can that. think of, there was one guy, this guy was old as dirt when I was what a, a kid. What a way to fish if you're only going to fish one day. Screw it, top right? Like yeah. I'm only going top. Yeah. But there was a guy that used to fish the tournaments around here. He was rough and gruff. And the only thing he threw was a spinnerbait, literally. It didn't matter if it was June at Roosevelt or January. The guy was throwing a spinnerbait. And he would – he's the guy that kind of got me on to – like he used to spend a lot of time on the steep stuff throwing a spinnerbait in the winter. And, you know, he would, he would win tournaments doing it. It was incredible but it was just because of his simplicity with it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, that's hilarious, man. Yeah. That's a, that's actually a good bait. If you're going to, if you're going to pick one, <laughs> it's bait, applicable. That, yeah. That one's pretty, pretty solid, but um, yeah, that's cool. Those are great questions, man. Thank you. Uh, thank you guys for asking and make sure to keep them coming. 
we'll uh, be back at you guys next week. And we, you know, the more questions we get, the the uh, happier we are to answer them. So, uh, thanks for that. What uh, What do you guys have coming up over the next week? Are you going to try to – well, yeah, Rob, we know that you're going to be doing just a ton more work on your house trying to knock that out. Nick, are you going to Are you going to sneak out and fish? Yeah, so I'm excited. This is uh, going to be the week where I make the long and storied trip to fish the headwaters of the water slide at the Great Wolf Lodge because it's are you spring going there? break. Sweet. So my kids and I are going to be focusing on the brown trout that are floating up <laughs> below the bottom of the water slide. You know, it's like pocket water. So you have to stand there and scout it first <laughs> and wait as one of them slides out the bottom and then figure out if they're eating waffle French fries or mini corn dogs and then, yeah. you know, figure out how to present it to them. So. Looking for baby roosts. <laughs> Dude, that's disgusting. That uh, is disgusting. Take it. Let me take it to the bottom. I'm sorry about that. Yeah. But I right, actually yeah. go ahead, Nick. I, well, I was going to pivot, so I want to hear how you were going to talk oh, you, about Oh, yeah, you have plans, dude. What's, what, what do you got going on this well, week, Well, we were planning on going to the Parker Strip for two days. Oh, um, man. And we were going to take my boat, and my buddy was going to bring his brand-new boat, and his brand-new boat got delayed a few days. So um, we you actually shifted, and we're going to go to Sedona, and we're going to uh, spend two days up there, and we're going to take the mountain bikes and do some some mountain biking. He's so, going to get Zan. Yeah. yeah, go rub some crystals together in a cave, Rob. Yeah. I'd rather go catch five-pound smallies. Me too, but it is what it is. So that's. I'm going to take my kids to Bartlett. So I'd appreciate all the private messages sent to me on exactly where and how to catch as many fish as Bartlett. That'd be great so I don't have to do any <laughs> scouting. I'd appreciate if everyone just filled me with coordinates in my inbox so I can show up like a hero with my kids. But Yeah, that is something, dude, that's kind of jacked up. We appreciate you all listening, but we don't get enough like uh, <laughs> yeah, we need all from the listeners. We need, yeah, uh, send them to Nick. Yeah, we send, need a send lot all of the juice. information to Nick. Yeah. So, so you're like the, you're like the guy that gets on social media for taking my kid hunting. I don't yeah. want your best spots, but I just want my kid to shoot a really and good And it's for my kid. Yeah. It's for my kid. It has nothing you know, he's to do with eight me. and he's just yeah. trying to get into it. So it'd be great yeah. if he could shoot a 110 inch coos. So yeah. if you could uh, just... I'll completely forget where the spot is afterwards, but it's just <laughs> sure. for my kid. Rob, you'll love this dude. When we were on the lake together on whatever that was Wednesday or Thursday this week, Oh, Josh looks scared. I I don't know. Uh, what am I going to scare you with? I was Is it your story? That. Okay. I, I thought, so Rob, Josh, Josh hooks a fish. And uh, I wanted to, you know, we were never one to just tell a joke and move on. We beat that horse. It's so dead oh, yeah. that it's got maggots and we're still swinging yep. on it. So dude, he's fighting this fish and it was a good one. And uh, I wanted to be like, power pulled down on the juice you know i was on the bow and he had walked to the back to fight it and dude i wanted to put his we were fishing in 25 feet of water i wanted to push the power pulls down he did put them down not all the way though but i wanted to like <laughs> really make it count but then i was like dude if i am responsible for like snapping his line if i get it, but that would have been so great dude power pulling down on the juice in 30 feet of water <laughs> we used to we used to do that all the time it would be even only better if he lost the fish while you're dicking around <laughs> But I did take an epic photo bomb picture behind him when he was, you know, holding his fish for the picture. Saw that. I actually saw that. Yeah, yeah. It, it's fun to make your buddies lose them. We were trying to get a YouTube video done, so and bites were at a premium, so that would have yes. sucked. But it is, it is. Josh would have thrown me off the boat if I would have pulled that off. I would have swam back. <laughs> Dude, I, uh, you guys know that show, Ultimate Match Fishing, man. It, I remember, you know, it, and I haven't watched it for for years. 
But uh, in the early days of it, it, you know, you're head to head against the dude in the boat with you. And it was so <laughs> funny to watch some dude would, the dude in the back's got a fish and the guy in the front would crank that trolling motor to 10, dude, and just start cruising. Yeah, it was hilarious. <laughs> some of the, like, some of the guys would just fish their game and not worry about the guy in the back. But some of the gamesmanship was hilarious. I remember the first, you know, it was new. It was new. So, like. So there was strategy that people were learning as time went on and stuff, but I'll never forget the first guy that uh, was leading. You'd, you'd switch, there'd be four periods and you'd switch control every period. So dude, if you happen to be lucky enough to be leading after three periods and then have control of the boat. It's over. Yeah, it's over. So dude, the first the guy that the just took the boat to the middle of the lake for two hours was yep. hilarious, man. I'll never forget it. But I remember hearing a story. I thought it came from you, Josh, but I can't remember now. But it was a guy talking about like in a, a you know a co angling tournament or a tournament with a co right and they uh, it's not shared weight and the guy was such a jerk that like they were flipping and every time he would hear the the co anglers you know real click where he like opened the line to make a pitch he'd hit the trolling motor that's the guy the he's like yeah. dude I got the best way to keep your co anglers from catching fish man <laughs> he's like every yeah every time their real clicks over dude just bump the boat up like five feet. <laughs> And I'm like, dude, think about the amount of concentration that you're taking yeah. to, to do focus that. on that. Like you, you have no idea if you're even getting a bite at that point. Yeah. You have officially left your level of concentration to catch something just I mean, to yeah. sabotage the other The level guy. of success that guy had, I'm sure was minimal, but, and unfortunately this co-angler is the same way. Their bait was getting pulled out of the water every flip. By man. about 10 30 AM, you could probably just hear the rod come down and a, a shirt be unzipped and be like, come at me, bro. I'm ready. Oh man. <laughs> like the fist fight would be glorious <laughs> <laughs> it's funny i remember that hilarious man uh but yeah uh again appreciate everyone listening um i'll be at rayburn we'll make sure we uh we do uh, bring you guys an episode this week but i'll be at rayburn so hopefully we all have uh you know some stuff to talk about i'm thinking that we're gonna hit it pretty well as far as the spawn goes it's and not necessarily just for sight fishing but for lots of fish moving up into the shallows and um it's gonna be a good tournament it's going to be, it's a good lake and I think we're going at a good time. So uh, if you want to watch, you can tune into majorleaguefishing.com and watch the, just watch the live stream. Um, hopefully I'll be catching some fish and have a camera in the boat, at least at some points. And uh, hopefully it's a good week, but um, you guys have anything what, else before we go ahead, Rob? What, what day does your practice start and what day does your tournament start? The tournament's the 21st through 26th. So I'm practicing okay. the 19th and 20th. So I guess, okay. We might even talk, I think, before the tournament. I think we will talk. Before, before your practice or before your tournament? 21st yeah. sounds like it's probably like Monday. We'll see. Start on we'll be Monday. hitting it right yeah. on the nose either way. Yeah, right uh, okay. But, yeah, we'll work it out and make sure that we don't miss an entire week. Even if we might be a day late or something or a day early, but um, we'll make sure that uh, we don't miss the week. And, yeah, appreciate everyone big time uh, for tuning in and uh, be, be on the lookout for that YouTube video. Thank you, guys.